Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, welcome. Hi. Hello. Hey. How's it going? Oh, you know, polykala, <laughs> everything is good. <laughs> Just like I know 15 Greek words now as opposed to like the three that I knew in January. So it's good. <laughs> Greetings from Athens. Polishing up on your Greek. Ah, yeah, indeed, indeed. I, I mean, I have the then? last name, so I should kind of honor it with the language. It's good. It's good. I mean, it's beautiful. Greece. Everything tastes great here. looks good and it's warmer and yeah. it's beautiful. People are friendly. Nice to get some sunshine, isn't it? Oh my God. I like it's so Greeks are really funny because like you'll see the weather forecast and it'll be like cloudy every day for the next week. I'm like, oh man, that sucks. Um, but actually the experience of like a quote unquote cloudy day is like there'll be like more sun than clouds. Like a few like scattered clouds across the sky mm. is considered cloud. And like three seconds of rain is considered torrential. So um <laughs> <laughs> I can really get used to this. I'm from Vancouver where like it rains for three days straight. You don't see or three weeks straight where you don't see the sun for three weeks. Yeah. So I could really get used to this version of clouds. Mm-hmm. It does make a difference, that's for sure. Totally. Do you know I can't eat a bit of feta cheese now without thinking of you? Oh, <laughs> love. What done to me. <laughs> oh, love. That's wonderful. It's like every time I'm making a salad, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, Anna would like this. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I love it. That is like the best thing to be remembered by. It's <laughs> wonderful. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I'm eating like a house on fire, going crazy. Mm, yeah. Good. I know. Proper thing. Yeah, yeah, it's good to eat. It, it, oh gosh and it is good to eat incredibly fresh food that is like mm. like the, i had the crispiest cucumber i've ever had in my life a week Ooh, ago nice. the crispiest nice. like the best i've ever had and yeah. and there's kiwis down here there's strawberries like what the mm. best strawberries i've ever had in my life anyways yeah. enough food porn i know you're making me hungry we've got stuff to know, about i food. know i know we got work <laughs> pre, to do pre-dinner recording here love <laughs> oh geez god i'm the worst <laughs> can't talk about oh, food oh my god totally <laughs> set my oh. taste buds off I, I know, I know. Oh, gosh, I know. It is a bit cruel. But okay, so I'm going to change topics off food and ask what is going on at the relationship desk of love? I'm glad you asked, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty jet lagged, but I can still uh, fashion a recollection of that relationship desk. That's good. Um, so we haven't had a little survey for a while. So I thought oh, I'd bring one up. So, yes, um, yes. Yeah. So the tale of the news is it's not you, it's me. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) So, there was a study done of uh, Gen Z and Millennials, and apparently 70% or 7 in 10 of those um, asked said the last relationship ended because of them and not because of the other person. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So it went on to say that 61% of men and 50% of women know that they caused the most recent dates to go very poorly. And in fact, I think this was 75% of the men said they knew exactly what they did wrong. So would you like to know what they were? Yes. (laughs) Okay. So 46% said they looked at their phone too much. Oh, yes. Big one. On a date. I think that's not so great, is it? Yeah. 39% turned up late. Ah. That would be a no-no in my books. Uh Uh-huh. 
Uh, 39% said that they didn't offer to pay for the bail and they then kind of felt like they should have done. So we'd be pleased to hear that 60% of those who were asked were going to actively work on this so that they could improve their, um, their relationships and their dating in the future. Yeah. Yeah. So they were aware and they were going to do something about it. Oh, you know, this brings up, so, um, Toastmasters is really, uh, is a big organization of sort of local chapters of people who probably want to do a lot of things, but one of them is improve their public speaking. And one of that is becoming intentional and aware of the unconscious things that we do in our presentations and speeches that take away from the power of our speech, whether it's like our ums and errs and so forth. Um, and so you can actually have an audience of people point this out and you can actually become conscious and then start to correct and override you know, when people mess up a date, they don't actually know that they're, it's like similar to a presentation. You might've been Mm. like, oh, I did really well. When somebody watching would say, no, it was actually really just distracting with a lot of your, you know, habits and, and sort Mm. of, you know, so it, it it takes a lot of intentional effort to recognize how you're showing up and how you're perceived and to change it. And the phone is the worst because, Mm. I don't think that a single person recognized that they were on their phone too much until after the fact. Yeah. Or when it was way too late. But I suppose it's one of those things, like why, why even get it out at all? If it's not yes. there, then you're unlikely to be as distracted as if, as you are yeah. if it's on the kind of table, like if you're eating, drinking, whatever. You've yeah. got it directly in front of you. You're more likely to pick it up. We know that. Mm-hmm. We're all kind of psychologically trained now. Yeah. We've been brainwashed. Oh, we we totally have. Yeah. And there's this perception of importance, like, oh, there mm. might be something important to come in. Let's be honest, like nobody ever calls us anymore. Like nobody calls anybody. Yeah. And it's texts and messages and like Twitter updates, Instagram. You don't mm. like none of this is essential. So I think when I when I meet somebody and they have their phone on with on the table, mm. it gives this kind of dickish vibe. Like unless they are on call. <laughs> As a surgeon, a transplant surgeon, I'd be like, okay, I get that. <laughs> but like, if you are like a finance bro and you need to, I'm like, nah, do you really like, no, you yeah. don't. Yeah. Because this, this perception, the, the, the person is like putting it on and that's not yeah. cool. Yeah. So lower the dick energy and keep the phone in your briefcase, in your pocket and your whatever. Totally. Yeah. And be present. For both sexes, I think it's the same oh. advice, isn't it? totally easily 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 distracted by these things but you're right the whole thing is about being intentional and being present you know you shouldn't be turning up late like why are you doing that yeah yeah why keep somebody else waiting not very respectful start is it well and there's a lot of people i am a reformed late person i haven't even totally (laughs) reformed because i still edge on the skating edge of late um but when i was a late person I would just go up and make excuses. I would, oh, it's the traffic. Oh, it's the train. Oh, it's the whatever. Um, And that's the defensiveness that we hold as a barrier to stop taking responsibility for like, no, Anna, you're just late and you didn't lose, you didn't leave enough buffer time. Change your ways, do better. Yeah. And I've slowly had to become a person who just stops making excuses because those excuses prevent me from change. If the bus was late, I should have just buffered extra time because in Toronto yeah. like everything runs late mm. so I've learned and if I can learn so can you <laughs> so there so there yeah totally quite right quite right yeah oh that's a great list of very sobering especially because like everyone we're all crawling out of the you know 
fuzzy sweaters of winter and putting on our sundresses mm. and starting to think about future possibilities again. So like, yeah. put your best foot forward and show up on time, put your, you know, phone in your bag and, and ask curious questions and smile. Yeah. There you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Pack a condom. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Can't stop myself. Pack three. It's good advice. I you never know. You never know. You might need one. Ah, you'd never know what the other person had in mind and whether they have a supply on as well. So just make sure you've got your own. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Okay. Warmed us up then. Slipping in the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, deep breaths, everybody. We've got this. <laughs> All right. Let's switch it on to a hot topic. You've got it. hot topic what are boundaries yes we talk about this all the time we do talk about boundaries all the time but i don't know that we've ever really done an episode that talks about what they are i think we've said about how to set them maybe we've we never really got kind of yeah. quite detailed about what what boundaries are have we no i think we have to go back to the fundamentals yes mm. exactly yeah i feel like boundaries it's one of those words that's become quite popular now and I don't know yes. that we've kind of really sit and, and establish what does that mean for us yeah um you know what what does it look like in our lives absolutely yeah. I think there's some people who have a better familiarity because they've had to do some work specifically around um like toxic parents or toxic mm. home structures where they've had yes. to set healthy boundaries as they're stepping into adulthood so people mm. like that might have examined the definition but then there's a lot of folks who have heard the buzzwords and have read yeah. the Medium articles, but they're not totally sure. So, yeah, yeah. what is a boundary? So I think of boundaries, it's a bit of a kind of line, isn't it? It's saying, if you think about boundaries in a kind of, in your house, in the, you know, in kind of property, you can kind of see like a boundary is that specific bit that says this is my land and that is your land and there's mm-hmm. a line that separates us and... So we kind of know what that looks like. It's on a map. We can visualize it. We can see it if we need to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's part of the deeds and the records. So it's really crystal clear, isn't it, about who owns what? So when mm-hmm. you think about that same analogy to then kind of applying that into relationships, when we talk about boundaries, it, it is about that, you know, the lane that I'm not prepared to, to cross or these are the things that are kind of this is how I am going to behave this is how I want you to behave this is how what I'm going to accept or what I'm not going to accept and and we can get it in lots of different parts of the life so it might be about um physical boundaries uh-huh. you know and maybe and those boundaries may change over time as your relationship kind of evolves and develops and and so, so it's not saying that they're completely set in stone as the example of the property is but you know, the will, they can kind of change and, and morph over time mm. as you maybe start to trust each other or your relationship develops a bit more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, totally. So if you're, I, th- I think what I like to think of is like, when do I realize that I need to set a boundary? And it's usually, mm. um, so the need for a boundary can start off as an unconscious reaction, which can be, you know, when I'm around certain people, they there's certain people who get me very angry where I start, yeah. I'm suffocated. I feel anxious around my heart starts racing. I feel a sense of dread. Mm. Um, 
And these are all signs that something is encroaching upon you, is treading over you, whether it's your values, whether it's fairness, which is a value. Um, So oftentimes the need for a boundary is actually comes from, I feel like I'm always run over by somebody or Mm. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have control. I feel a loss of control in certain relationships yeah, it can often be kind of your needs as well. So if I've got certain specific needs and I'm noticing that that's not happening, and then as a result of that, I can then see an emotional reaction that happens, or you know, I can I get a real kind of strong sense of emotion mm-hmm. that I didn't have, and I'm seeing that happening time and time and time again. You know, that kind of says actually I need to do something about this because it's not going to go away. Mm. I mean, we were talking briefly about something else. And just how sometimes you have to be, you know, a grown up and and Mm. be able to communicate some of these things. And it's not, and it isn't always that easy and would much rather kind of make excuses or try and find an easier option to, to change the behavior. But the reality is it's going to keep happening unless we kind of put some sort of firm stake in the ground about what we, um, you know, what we need and want and, um, and how we want things to be. Oh, that's so resonating. And and it is true, like, people will continue to treat you a certain way in the way that you've actually trained them to teach you. Yeah, until you change the rules and yeah. explicitly state them. I am absolutely vibing on this at the present time <laughs> in my life. And it's a really hard, painful thing. I think the other thing too, is there's this presumption that people have the best intentions for us and that people wouldn't hurt us. So therefore you're like, well, but they wouldn't possibly treat me like that or Mm. so forth. But people end up hurting us and treating us in horrible, shitty ways, not because they're shitty people, but because like anybody given the opportunity to take advantage of somebody is going to do it. But if you don't know that something's a problem for somebody, why would you not carry on with that behavior? You know, that's yeah. And this is the thing, right? So we, what is acceptable to me and what's acceptable to my partner are probably completely different things in terms of, and I know that there are examples where I would say, well, that just wouldn't even affect me in the slightest. Therefore, I'm unlikely to kind of consider it or think about it because it's not something that would, you know, upset me or hurt me or annoy me. Whereas, and I, as you say, you're never doing things out of kind of malice. It's, mm. I'm, I'm acting a certain way or I'm doing a certain thing because Actually, it doesn't, it's, it's kind of irrelevant to me. It doesn't kind of, it doesn't have any energetic charge for me when, you know, mm. but then your partner may, they're completely different and they're interpreting your actions as something completely different sometimes. Mm-hmm. So we do have to be really clear with each other about some of these kind of hard lanes that aren't, aren't acceptable in our eyes because there could be something completely different mm-hmm. to your partner. So, and if they're not ever, if they don't ever think that that's, that it's an issue, then why would they do something different? Yes. And that's true. But then there's some things that are pretty universally shitty. For example, um, I have clients who say, you know, I, I was with a coworker and they talked my ear off. I'm a big talker. So actually I do this, I'm sure all the time. <laughs> Sarah's like, yes. Sorry, Sarah. Set some boundaries. <laughs> I've got no chance of boundaries with you. <laughs> oh God, I know. I do like sometimes respect boundaries. <laughs> but yes, actually, this Come is on, a great. Carry on with your okay, example. okay. This is actually Good. a great, a great example. But like, so if somebody talks 
their ear off for an hour uninterrupted and the other person is just sitting there taking it feeling increasingly Mm. resentful pissed off and trapped right um you could say that the person monologuing for an hour was objectively rude like that is in in no way should that should anybody think oh man i i talked for an hour like i can't believe i just did that like that's ridiculous but it's not like it's so weird how we lose sight of of um etiquette uh, almost I have over-talked people all the time, and yet it hasn't felt abnormal to me. But yet, if somebody pointed it out, I'd be like, oh, shit, yeah, I did go on for a long, long time. So I think where we get trapped is not where there's a difference, like just differences in needs and subjectivity. It's like where it's objectively horrible, but we're not aware of how objectively horrible it is. Like, I always take money from this person. I'm always asking them for money, and I never pay them back. Because in my head somewhere, I'm like, oh, they've got enough money or, oh, they just wanted to mm. give it to me. It's, they say that they're happy to do it. Well, in what world is it acceptable for you to actually just take money and not give it back? Like, so a lot of the time we rely upon, like there's egregious things that we do to each other because we're not thinking and we're only thinking about ourselves. But it's human nature that we, because we know so much about who we are as individuals and we are very rarely share kind of all of that, even with our closest um, intimate partners. Mm-hmm. So of course we think about everything in, in through our tone and lens and view of, of the world because we know ourselves better than anybody else. Yeah, yeah. So we are going to be naturally thinking about us the majority of the time because we, you know, we're very good at internalizing kind of lots of mm-hmm. thoughts and um, feelings and. Um, you know playing back events and things like that so we're really really good at that we have the longest relationship with ourselves yeah so of course we're going to think about us yeah yeah we're inherently selfish well because we're present in every moment that we encounter yeah exactly so of course we're the protagonist of our story yeah that's true yeah. yeah. So I think, I think then the number one thing is to remove the emotion of, oh, I can't believe this person doesn't know what I need or know what I want or know mm-hmm. what is appropriate behavior and so forth. Just ponder for just a second on your own selfishness and self-absorbedness. And then it'll give you a like, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. No, I would need to be told. Like I, yes. So, and, and I'd be grateful for somebody to take, go out on a limb and to, to, you know, take the effort to, to tell me, cause that's a hard thing. Cause I'm probably going to get defensive if somebody sets a boundary with me, like with you, Sarah, like you could talk a little bit less. I'm like, oh, but I was just really upset that day. No, Anna, you're, you know, get your shit together. (laughs) Be more considerate. (laughs) Yeah. So that's the thing that I like to think about is like, when do I need to set up a boundary wall? Mm. And, um, Encountering some of those fears and apprehensions around, am I allowed to b- bring up this boundary? Am I overreacting? No, you're not. If you feel anger and resentment and suffocation and you want to run away from somebody because you feel a loss of control in a particular relationship, that relationship is going to be over because you would have ghosted them and run away, possibly left the country. I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're reading a diary here. <laughs> Maybe. I've had terribly poor boundaries as a kid. Yeah, I was raised Catholic with a, you know, in a household that was like, you know, you don't speak till you're spoken to. So like, you don't get boundaries. You have to learn that shit later. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Well, well, and I think it's, it's something for all of us, you know, we're all discovering um, new ways of of kind of handling situations that are unpleasant or we don't want to be in. Mm -hmm. But it's, it is really important to kind of get clear on it. 
And I think, as you say, but part of the issue is actually we don't know often what we like and don't like as well. Mm -hmm. So if we've never experienced a situation where we have been encouraged to kind of say how we're feeling or say what we want and don't want, if we're not being in that situation, Mm. it can be really, really hard to actually even kind of understand what are my boundaries. So I think Mm. that's something that is quite important is to see, you know, what, what are the things for me that, and maybe just start with small things, you know. Often it's things like between couples, the stuff that comes up is around kind of household chores and they're quite kind of, you know, basic boundary setting, but it is that sort of thing, right? So, you know, we've talked on here before about people have different rules about whether, you know, who's who's cooking, who's cleaning up, who's doing the dishes, da, da, da. and part of establishing that routine and what it looks like and what I'm, I'm prepared to do and what I'm not prepared to do is about saying, no, this is kind of, this is what I'm I'm happy with I'm not happy with this that does not kind of you know doesn't wash me doesn't feel fair and and values kind of play a part into this as well so if you've got a strong value of fairness then you're going to see that with boundaries that will actually help help you to maintain some of those values Mm. and not have them kind of crossed over too much oh yes ah makes you want to get started hey like yeah (laughs) Yeah, that is empowering stuff. That's like those, it's a helpful definition and it's a helpful set of sort of guiding principles around where a boundary might be needed and how to start yeah. kind of going about it and how to guide the building, which is again, using your, yeah. um, using your values as your, uh, blueprint. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the best analogies that I've, um, ever kind of heard, and I've definitely shared this on the podcast, but I'll share it again in this context, it's just, you know, having no boundaries is like having no doors and windows to your house and anybody can come in, oh take whatever they want, whenever they want to. Like you just wouldn't do it, wouldn't happen. Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. So, And to that note, it's funny because I was, I've been, um, I've had the uh, opportunity to explore as a physician would, which means very superficially, uh, the work of the Stoic philosophers, the folks who lived a few thousand years ago, like Seneca and um, uh, Marcus Aurelius. But basically, um, this feeling of we guard our possessions with fancy alarm systems and Mm. uh, vaults and safety deposit boxes, like our precious things, but we do not guard our time at all. Mm. And if we guard, if we took guarded our time anywhere near to the extent that we guard our material possessions, Mm. we wouldn't sort of skate in or like, you know, go crashing into the end of our lives saying, oh my God, I ran out of time too soon. Um, And so that's a huge boundary is the boundary around your time because it is precious. Mm. So guard your time. But we feel guilty saying no to things, don't we? We feel guilty kind of not, if somebody asks something or wants to do something or, you know, stays on the telephone a bit too long, kind of feel guilty for saying, actually, you know, I need to go now or no, now is not convenient time. Like, we just seem to be not oh, very good at that. Totally. We're so concerned about people pleasing that mm. we are willing to give away our precious time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. All right. Oof. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's got us back in the groove. <laughs> totally. Are you um, ready for a question, madame? Yes, I'm very ready. Let's go. you're gonna love this one today's question i think about sex a lot 
and I'm curious about how much my partner thinks about sex. I'm scared to ask in case he thinks badly of me. What's a normal amount of time to think about sex? Oh. Yes, yes, of course I love this. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yes. Uh, is this you writing this question in? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I actually like I ponder this regularly. Honestly, I really do. Not just for me, but for everybody I know. Absolutely. So tell us more then. Well, you know, it's funny. I think we all, so my most recent observation is I, I thought I kind of just trended in the normal distribution. I didn't think I was any different, but I think we all are very different in this. And I, I think that we don't, we assume sort of a homogeneity, which, which is to our peril. Like, uh, um, there's people who need sex for intimacy to build intimacy. There's mm. people opposite who need to build intimacy before sex and people's libidos are wildly different. And it depends mm. on the stage of their life whether they're partnered or not, who they're with. There's just so many factors that like, I realized I was really different from other people and really different from my partner. Mm. That was a huge learning. So I think where I stand is I applaud the person asking the question. And I also, it's very, very hard to talk about this. And there's this assumption that like, well, everybody loves to sex, right? Well, no, actually there's a big, big spread of wanting to think about it, wanting to do it, wanting to experiment the what, yeah. when, why, hair, where, and how. So yeah, lots of heterogeneity and we, we need to be, I wish we were more comfortable with having conversations like this, like, yeah. um, along the lines of like, well, what kind of food do you like to eat? And yeah. when do you like to eat? How often? Right. Yeah. yeah. But it's true though, you know, you wouldn't have any qualms actually saying to somebody, oh, what's your favorite takeaway? <sighs> like, that would never be an issue or, you know, what's your best holiday destination? You know, we'll, we'll ask some of those questions that mm -hmm. get to know the other person that we're with and in a relationship with, but we wouldn't kind of something like this. I can understand why somebody's writing in and asking this question, mm -hmm. you know, to sit there and say kind of, look, I'm just really curious. Like how often do you think about sex a day ah. or a week, you know? Yeah. Do you, because actually I've noticed that I'm thinking about sex quite a lot. And I was just wondering, is that, is it me? Like, is that just my side? Is that your mm. side? Like, where, where, what do you think about it? Mm -hmm. But it's such a big part of relationships that we need to get braver. I think at just raising some of the, some of the topics around sex. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, totally. And furthermore, I've heard from a lot of couples where there is total mismatch in libido, where like the end outcome is that they're mm. not having the same frequency and type of sex as each individually would like there's discordance mm. in that and i've heard from from partners who are not having as much sex as they would like who have said it's one thing to not be having sex but if only i could tell my partner you know i'm thinking about it right now i know we can't do it because there's mm. certain things we're working on and it's not a possibility but i'm really thinking about it and i would love to know that you're at least thinking about it too yeah and even that can be so soothing, but we have such an allergy to even raising that because it's like, mm. oh my God, if yeah. we so talk about sex and, and it's a very, very sensitive topic for us, like, you know, genitals will fly into each other and like, oh my God, all of a sudden we're going <laughs> to ah, have sex. Ah, don't mention it. Otherwise genitals will come flying out of the air. <laughs> yeah. Now there's this real scare, fear of just raising it, raising yeah. it just as, uh, yeah. 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 And and you know how 
very like I I I mean Sarah, you're the queen of C, of, of our favorite C word, the communication. Where mm. I bulk at it, I get really scared about bringing this up um, yeah. because of all the shame. I'm dirty. I'm whatever. I'm sex obsessed. Because <laughs> I think doing the work that we do, then that really for me has has helped to just actually shine a light on a lot of things and how kind of you know there's a lot of differences across relationships but there's also a lot of similarities as well you know and people struggle with the same things kind of over and over again it's you know we see that the same kind of issues are popping up and I think sex is one of those that does you know kind of pop up as well pardon the uh, pun (laughs) (laughs) totally and the more comfortable we can feel about just having some of those conversations. But I get what you're saying. If I'm thinking actually I'm either I'm ashamed or I'm embarrassed or then that's going to hold me back. Or if it sounds like this listener doesn't want to be, they don't want to feel judged. So rather than being honest and saying, look, this is, it doesn't mean anything. What does it mean if you think about sex six times a day, as opposed to somebody who doesn't think about it at all? What does that mean? What does it say about you? It doesn't say anything about you. Completely. It just says that. Uh, you know, I think about it more and you think about it less or vice versa. It's not, uh, what What does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. You prefer India and I prefer Thai. Like, yeah. None of it is, they're, they're just the facts in a life hmm. that help to shape kind of who we are and for somebody else to get a better picture and understanding about it. I think that's true. But then I kind of query, okay, so the person writing in, and I'm thinking about my own self, like if I want to hmm. communicate to somebody that I think about sex a lot, hmm. Do you too? I guess I want to sort of jump to, okay, so, but why is that important for me to communicate? Is it because uh, it is a, a, a call to action for the person I'm telling to have more sex with me, you know, or to, ha- or, or is that, is that a call to say, I am not satisfied? Uh, I'm trying to imagine a world where I'm like, oh, I just think about sex a lot. It doesn't have to be actioned. I just, you know, it crosses my no, mind. No, everything we share has to be a- action though, does it? We're just... Sometimes we're just sharing who we are. It's not saying I'm telling you this because I want to, because I want something else to happen. If that's the conversation and we're using it to kind of set that up, that's absolutely fine. But we know that we're going into a conversation because we want to get something, we want to get some firm kind of action. Um, (laughs) Oh, this is so much fun. Firm action. Um, But I might just be sharing it because I just want to share this is kind of just a bit about who I am. Like, so yeah. I don't know if this li- if this listener is just wanting to kind of share a bit of information and have a bit of comparison or, you know, it might be that actually that's an opportunity to really connect on something because for them, they know that actually we're both kind of highly sexual and we do think about it a lot. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of another way that we are bonded together as a couple because, we we know that we share similarity in this area. Oh, okay. Now, if that was any other area, you prob- probably wouldn't be that bothered about it. I, I mean, it's I mean, true. Like sex and money, yeah. they're the things that we're ashamed of. <laughs> yeah, and too yeah. terrified to have conversations yeah. about. <laughs> well, and it's funny we were talking about tennis. Like, how many day, how many times a year do you play tennis? Twice a year. Cool. Yeah. I played yeah. five times a week, seven times a week if I could. So yeah, yeah. I mean, like totally, totally. I. I think what's important too, and this gets to when you're trying to communicate something, and I'm super bad for this, when you're trying to communicate (laughs) something beyond to yourself and ask yourself three times if you have to, why am I asking this question and what do I want to get out of it? Because Mm. oftentimes I will 
bullshit myself into thinking I want to have just a, sh- I just want to like be understood a little bit more. Mm. No, Anna, you want action. You want the, you want to evoke without asking a certain feeling of guilt or compulsion to the other person to just kind of pony up something. One of my needs aren't being met. And I want to mm. be able to take a circuitous route around as opposed to a straight path. So Anna, be on to yourself. If you're like, if there's an action, ask for it. Yeah, I think if you've got a clear intention for raising this, because you do want to kind of have a discussion about the frequency that you have sex, then absolutely be kind of honest and upfront in that discussion. And you might use that as a starting position, but be really clear about what you're trying to get to and be clear and honest with the other person. Because otherwise, it can feel a bit kind of manipulative or like I'm being duped here. I'm being conned into sharing something that's then going to be used against me or... Uh. you know somehow weaponized like we we can't have that you know we want people to open up and communicate in a kind of honest and fair manner we've got to have an honest fair you know arena to have a discussion in yeah you've got it yep you've got it full Mm. on agree yeah yes so to the to the person asking the question what would you say I would say, um, tell your partner, I'm going to replace the word sex with tennis. Oh. And then I'm going to ask you, how many times a day do you think about tennis? Oh my God, I love it. I'm using the tennis analogy it. now, quite right? like that. <laughs> I love it. Wouldn't that be amazing to kind of just road test that with a partner and just get it out there and just then look at that body of work you've created as a conversation and say, how, how did that feel? Yeah. Well, we just had a conversation and it didn't feel scary at all. And then yeah. you can start to replace back the word sex and te- uh, for tennis. Backhand, front hand, top, bottom, <laughs> front door, back door, whatever. But like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, it's all semantics. It's all words. Right. Take the charge out of the words. Replace the words. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's beautiful. <laughs> Your task and challenge for the week. Set boundaries. Talk about sex. Damn. You've got this. <laughs> Damn. Yes, exactly. <sighs> All right. Okay. Okay, I think we're set up. We are set up, yes. Yeah. yeah. Ready for the evening ahead. It is now the evening time. Yes. Saucy, saucy Athens evening where people just, you know, start thinking about going out at 10 to eat. <laughs> in fact actually i'm gonna go out and not eat that late oh Seriously. no here it's no. crazy so i'm gonna no. check out a tango malonga which is happening outside it happens every monday night and um i think it starts at 10 30 and goes on till two and because i coach until like 12 45 i'm just gonna i'm like i'm gonna monitor down and catch the last hour of this in the middle of the night i'm like these people are my people <laughs> <laughs> and why not and why, why not, not? yes yeah. tango for life <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Oh, gosh. Good times. All right. Okay. Well, till next time. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.